Welcome to the Conquer Your Battlefield podcast, where we come together to discuss some of the more significant struggles and metaphorical battlefields that we faced along our journeys and share some insight on how we've conquered them. I'm JD McGibney, and today I'll be chatting with a woman whose career, uh, I'll be chatting with a woman whose cheerful demeanor radiates and influences anyone in her presence. She's the co-founder of the Body Focus Repetitive Behaviors Resource Center, has been featured on the A&E TV show Obsessed, has been featured on numerous news outlets, is one of the producers behind the This Is My Brave show in Los Angeles, and is a licensed psychotherapist in the state of California. Today, I'll be chatting with the amazing and humble Karen Pickett. How are you doing today, Karen? I'm great. How are you, JD? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure. Looking forward to it. Today, we're going to be talking about the life of a therapist. For many, there is a preconceived and often negative idea of what a psychotherapist is or does. This includes people thinking of therapists as being cold and almost inhuman, or feeling that therapists will just tell them what to do. Probably one of the most negative misconceptions is that seeking therapy in general is just for quote-unquote crazy people. The truth of the matter is that therapists are human beings just like the rest of us, complete with emotions, feelings, empathy, and a desire to help those in need. First and foremost, a good therapist must be a good listener. On top of that, a good therapist must also be self-aware enough to know their own feelings, motivations, and potential biases in order to help their patients. According to Cross River Therapy, there are almost 200,000 therapists practicing in the United States alone all of which have expertise and experience in a multitude of mental illnesses and behaviors. Therapy is not a one-size-fits-all, and there is someone out there that has some insight on something that you may be struggling with. Karen, we met through the This Is My Brave show here in LA, and ever since our very first chat, your positive attitude, calming demeanor, and general welcoming air has always stood out to me. So personally speaking, I find it very easy to talk with you, and I can only imagine that those that you help on a professional level feel exactly the same way. So how is it that you found yourself down the path to helping people and becoming a therapist? Well, that is a great question. With I'll try to keep it a short answer. <laughs> but, you know, um, one of the things that I that I think is interesting about my profession is that I'm going to answer your question, but, but also that, um, I think that not only myself, but a lot of us in the profession have come to want to be psychotherapists and our counselors because of our own experiences, um, with mental health issues or addictions. Um, and so I actually was, I had a master's degree in civil engineering. I was a transportation engineer. And um, during that time, I developed uh, severe anxiety, panic attacks. I was, I, I mean, I basically said at the time I was having panic attacks 24 seven. Oh, wow. I mean, they just didn't stop. Yeah, they just didn't stop. And um, I eventually became a home, homebound agoraphobic. Um, and at times, because this was pre like internet and, uh, I just didn't have access and I was really ashamed of what I was going through. I thought I, I should be able to fix it on my own. I shouldn't tell people what was going on with me. 
um, it was really hard to find access to help or even information about what I was experiencing. Um, but I finally did. But during that time also, I um, found out that I suffered from major depression. So there were times when, um, you know, things got really bad for me in terms of, um, you know, thinking, I'm not sure I want to keep on living if this is what it's going to be like to live, you know, so Mm. through that process, I eventually through people sharing their stories with me and some bumps along the way, but I finally found therapy and medication that set my life back on track. And my, the therapist that I eventually found, who was my who I really call my therapist, had herself suffered from panic disorder and agoraphobia. And when I first started talking to her, I was like, oh my gosh, she's not crazy. That means I'm not crazy, (laughs) you know? I mean, that remains to be seen still. But anyway, um, you know, I was like, oh, she totally understands what I'm going through. Because when I was suffering with my severe agoraphobia, one of my biggest fears was that I was going to go crazy and that I was going to be put in a, a in a mental institution, you know, cause I just didn't know what was wrong with me. Um, so I started talking to this person. She was my therapist. She's like, Oh, I've been there. That's happened to me, blah, blah, blah. And that was probably the turning point for me to start getting better. Cause I realized I wasn't alone. I wasn't crazy. Help was available. And then, you know, I went on my own, um, healing and self-discovery path. And then I decided, you know what, I really was so, my life changed when I found this therapist who had been through similar things that I'd been through that I wanted to give that back to others. And so I went back to school, got a master's degree in counseling psychology and got, became a licensed psychotherapist. And I currently specialize in anxiety disorders, OCD, body focused repetitive behaviors. And I find that it's really um, that a lot of my clients, when, if it's an appropriate time, I share with them a little bit about what I've been through, that they feel really relieved and really comfortable with me because I'm not judging them. I know what it's like to have a panic attack. I know what it's like to be suicidally depressed. I'm not judging them. I can relate to what they're going through. And I think that again, like uh, when I started to answer this question, I mentioned that a lot of us in this in the field have been through our own struggles. And I think that really makes us better therapists um, because if somebody sits down with me, they don't have to describe what a panic attack is like. I mean, they can describe what it's like for them, but it's not starting from ground zero, educating me on what does that feel like? How does it impact your life? I know from my own experience and years of struggling to recover um, what that's like. And I, I think it's really important that you're pointing out that for you specifically, uh, when you went to go see a therapist for the very first time, how important it was for you to feel that emotional connection with someone and just know that they understood what it is that you were talking about. You know, just generally speaking, you know, some as human beings, our deepest connections are usually with people that we feel that emotional connection with, or those people that we can communicate with without having to like explain the, the finer details of what it is that we went through or are the finer details of like the emotions that we're feeling those stronger uh, emotions, those stronger connections are with people that just understand on that, that deeper level. Uh, So I think highlighting that being a, a core principle of 
connecting with a therapist and being uh, having that be like one of the, the core things with finding a therapist that's right for you as an individual, I think is really, really important. I do too, JD. And I think, you know, sometimes I hear horror stories, what I call horror stories of people who've had experiences with, with therapists or even people who think, oh, um, I couldn't possibly share that with another human being, you know, um, and I, I, you know, it is a relationship, a relate it's when a person enters into therapy, it's a relationship. And just like any other relationship, whether it's a dating relationship or a work relationship, or, you know, it's important to find, uh, the right fit. And I think that one of the things that happens is, first of all, lots of times people don't come to therapy until they're in crisis, which is totally human behavior. That's fine. And then they find somebody and maybe that person isn't really the best fit for them. And so they think, well, therapy doesn't work for me or, you know, and and I think what you were starting to say, what I what I wanted to, to sort of expand on is that as difficult as it is to sort of shop around for a therapist or a psychiatrist or a counselor, it is important to find somebody that you feel comfortable with. And, you know, it may take a few sessions. You may know right away. It's okay to leave if it's not working for you and to find somebody who is a good fit for you, you know, because I, I think people do, have bad experiences sometimes or just fine. And eh, it didn't really, I didn't really feel like I was getting help. And I think anybody who really wants to get help and get better and heal, whatever it is they're working on, that there, there is somebody out there that's the right fit for them. And I would just encourage people to just keep going and to leave people that aren't right for you, just like you would in any other relationship. I, I agree a hundred percent. Personally speaking, uh, I found uh, that my first therapist that I had uh, about a year and a half ago uh, when I first uh, met her, I think I really got lucky because I was able to talk to someone who I just felt comfortable with and was able to, I felt like I was able to communicate with and she understood me. Um, One of the things that she helped me realize was that when talking with a therapist, I... I can actually communicate with them without having to worry about any kind of social repercussions, if that makes any sense, which I feel like most of us being social creatures have that concern in the back of our minds, whether we're talking to family members, friends, romantic partners, business associates, acquaintances, like we connect with individuals on a very specific uh, individual way, depending on who it is that we're talking to. Um, And there's always in the, in the back of our mind, making sure that we don't, uh, you know, burn any bridges or hurt anybody's feelings. But I I personally find that talking with a therapist, I can talk to them as if I'm talking to myself and whatever it is that I'm feeling, anything that I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. I can just say, because I'm just talking to that person as if I'm talking to me, but I'm saying it out loud. Uh, Moving past that, uh, I was in Ohio when I first started seeing a therapist and I moved uh, back to Los Angeles. And it took me a while to find somebody that I felt comfortable with and i actually started seeing someone after uh, a few months of being out here it took me a while to find someone that uh, had my specific uh recipe of what i was looking for so to speak um 
And I didn't feel comfortable with that person, you know, which is totally okay. And I think having that base understanding of I don't have to worry about hurting this person's feelings. I'm literally going mm -hmm. to this person to try and get help for myself in a medical capacity made it easier for me to just let her know, go, hey, I don't feel like this is working. You know, I, I found someone else to to go uh, to go and see. And so I think having that base understanding of you don't have to worry about hurting their feelings, leaving them, or you don't have to worry about uh, you know, burning any social bridges because you are relaying all these emotional things to this person, but you're doing it in a uh, a medical context. That's right. You know, and uh, first of all, I'm really glad that you have been able to find people that you connect with and also that you were able to recognize when the one therapist wasn't a good fit for you and, and um, actually communicate that to that person. Um, you know, cause just like any other relationship as therapists, sometimes we get ghosted, you know, and that happens. That's okay. But, you know, I, I acknowledge you for communicating that, but I also, I think the, the most important thing I, I wanted to, to, to respond to what you're saying is that, um, you know, Therape the therapeutic relationship is a confidential, um, there's confidentiality, what we call confidentiality. And, you know, it is safe to share with your therapist things and know, you bring up a really good point, which is hopefully you find somebody that you, that you don't feel judged by. And most therapists, I would say that's most of them. Um, but also someone you connect with that you can be perfectly open and honest with because if my clients aren't telling me everything, I can't help them, you know? And sometimes it, it you know, sometimes it can take a while. It can take a little while till they feel super, super comfortable with me and maybe, you know, tell me like the one thing that they never told anybody else or whatever, just depending on what's going on. But <clears throat> I think that, you know, you just made me think about something that I haven't thought about in that way, that it is a relationship that that uh, is very safe and confidential. And you really do have that space to share whatever you want to share, you know, about whatever your own internal experience is. Um, I know I had that experience with my therapist, sounds like you do too. And I think that that is definitely something that's freeing and healing in and of itself. Oh, my God, it feels so good. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, because I'm glad to hear that. I think, you know, to certain, you know, to a certain degree, everyone has a little bit of that in the back of their head when they're like talking to people, because, you know, obviously you don't want to hurt the feelings of the people you care about. And most people don't want to hurt the feelings of like complete strangers either, because, you know, we have, you know, a conscience. So being having that freedom of literally just being like, you know, what, I feel this because of this, you know, and not having to worry about. Um, someone taking it the wrong way or getting offended or getting into an argument because you expressed how you felt like that it just feels good and I feel like it also for me uh, personally feels like it's helped build a sense of confidence that I didn't realize was lacking and I feel that my ability to communicate myself has gotten a lot better because I realize oh I can just say these things and then I do have the ability to help direct the conversation by not necessarily feeding into the emotional 
uh, backlash of whatever it is that I might be saying. That's really great observations on your part. And I'm, it's really interesting to talk to somebody who's not my client about what their experience in therapy is, you know, and to hear what your reflections are and how liberating that experience translates not only you know it, it you have the experience with your therapist but then it's translating out into your life in general that you feel more confident you feel more able to express yourself and and i think that's wonderful and it is something that you said a few minutes ago just made me also think about the fact that um you know that people sometimes think that well only like you said earlier you know it, that you don't have to be crazy, right, to, 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 to go to therapy. Our emotions and our thoughts and our behaviors are part of who we are. And, you know, therapy is, has been long stigmatized as has mental health, but, um, you know, that's changing, fortunately. And I think that people, it's important um, that people understand that it doesn't mean that something's wrong with you because you go to therapy it means you're trying to help yourself heal whatever needs to be healed and just like if a person had a broken leg they go to the er or exactly. whatever they go to a doctor you know and it's like we don't judge people because of their their medical you know their physical medical conditions diabetes or heart disease or whatever you know or a broken leg again you know and we really are need to come to, and I think are just barely starting to come to the point where, where we understand that our bodies, our minds, the connection there um, between our emotions and our thoughts and our behaviors and our experience in life is really significant. And we need to take care of it. And that therapy, uh, you know, good therapy helps a person be able to function better in their lives, you know, 100%. And, yeah, there's and there's documented cases of people who are like severe hypochondriacs who are like totally normal and then like they have an episode and then like shortly after they like feel like something's wrong they'll catch a cold or like they'll they'll be like slightly sick or like their immune something happens and like they're like oh see I knew it was happening but it's more of like you know they weren't taking care of themselves properly you know they're they were so stressed that their you know their their body their wasn't able to like fight off some sort of infection or like uh, their heart rate was way too high and they end up with like some sort of heart condition or something over a period of time, stuff like that. So having, having uh, a healthy mind and healthy mindset definitely is important because it's an organ like anything else, like your kidney, your lungs, your heart. And it not only do we have to make sure that it's functioning biologically, but we have to make sure that like we're able to uh, you know, regulate our thought process. You know, mm. I've been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder and I didn't realize that that was a thing or, and that was something that I was struggling with until I was in my thirties. I just thought, Oh, I just, I'm worried. You know, I worry about stuff or, you know, like I've said, you know, in like the rehearsals for the, this is my brave show. I've talked about how I just didn't have self, like uh self-confidence, but like, I didn't realize that like, oh, this is like a condition and like this is like something that's going on. And like there's a bunch of like mental cycles that I am putting myself through that I 
can notice, I can recognize, and I can change my thought process in order to have more control over it and have more control over my life. You know, and having that clinical perspective over what it is that I, you know, I deal with and have an understanding that this can be altered for the better. It's, it's been a, like a, a world changer for me. Hmm. So would you say you felt relieved or how would, how did you feel when you find out, found out that you, you know, that, that what you were experiencing had a, had a name, had a term, had a treatment? It felt there was like hope because I realized that, uh, I realized that there literally is a way for me to tackle anything that comes across my way like I don't have to be victim to outside forces I don't have to be victim to myself you know realizing that there is oh this is something that is going on that can be measured something that can be uh combated something that can be changed and I feel like there's a sense of control uh and a sense of confidence that I never knew before in my entire life that's really good to hear. And, and I'm glad that, that you found that. Um, I think that sometimes people are concerned about what their diagnosis is going to be. And obviously, you know, as we know, um, if your insurance company is going to reimburse you for any treatment, you have to have a diagnosis. But, you know, I, I find as well that, you know, when I found out what was going on with me many, many years ago, um, and that there was a name for it. it. It it also helped me understand, first of all, that I wasn't alone and that, you know, I wasn't just some weirdo that, you know, what I was experiencing were symptoms of a condition that could be treated. But I think also, you know, it is helpful for people to realize, oh, these all these thoughts in my mind or these emotions that I have or um, the way that I respond to certain things. It's not that there's something inherently wrong with me it's not a character flaw it's a condition it, it, there's symptoms and there's treatments you know and it's a yeah. condition yeah and i think the diagnosis i know for me that a, a diagnosis as a clinician helps me formulate how i'm going to help a person and that doesn't mean that it's cookie cutter obviously i tailor my treatment to to every individual but like if i have a client with obsessive compulsive disorder or generalized anxiety disorder or panic disorder you know, it's like, okay, it gives me a context to, to start to understand. All right. So here's what we need to be looking at in terms of, in terms of treatment. So I find it actually, and I'm glad to hear you say that, that, that it was hopeful for you, because I think that's what I would hope for people as well, is that, you know, having a name, we, as humans, we don't like uncertainty, you know, and uh, (laughs) no, we don't, (laughs) we don't. Especially us anxious people. No, we Oh, dear don't. God, no. No, no. Give me data. Is our... <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so I think it's, I, I, I view it as something that's helpful, not as a negative label, like, oh, well, you, you have PTSD or you're bipolar or whatever. It's like, no, that just helps everybody understand what's going on and deal with it. Well, I think I want to backtrack a little bit because earlier in the mm-hmm. conversation, you had mentioned that you were a severe... Uh, agoraphobic and like you basically just stayed at home and avoided everyone and everybody uh and here you are 
literally helping people, talking to people, you know, all day, every day. I, I personally have seen you in a social setting with like, you know, 15, 20 people and like you're just totally, oh, you know, seemingly okay on the outside. Do you feel that you getting like the diagnoses helped you conquer that struggle and give you some sort of like sense of strength to like come out of that? Absolutely. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, I, I, you know, I'm just thinking back, that's, a, that's, a, thank you. And that, that's a great observation and question. I think, you know, thinking back, if I never had known like what I was experiencing or that, it, that it had a name and that it, there was, there was, uh, I probably still wouldn't be on this planet. Let's just put it that way. Um, well, I'm glad you're here. And, oh, thank you. Me too. And, you know, I did a lot of my own personal, not only through therapy, but the, the schooling that I went through, the education I had to become a psychotherapist was a lot of um, self-healing work as well. And so I feel like I have taken the opportunities throughout my life since the, the time I was a homebound agoraphobic to continue to evolve to continue to heal, to work on myself, to notice things, to change, hopefully change for the better. And I'll give you one example is that, you know, a long time after I was a fun back in the world functioning and um, a, a therapist and going about my day and able to get out and things like that. Um, there was a, there was a point that I called my psychiatrist and I said, you know, X, Y, and Z is going on. And she was like, you know what, have you been on a really small dose of antidepressants? Why don't we go up on the antidepressants? We've never gone up on the antidepressants. And we did. And boom, again, that was sort of like a second life changing experience where I was sharing with her here, I thought, Oh, I'm all good. I'm on meds. I've been through therapy. I've done all this work on myself. But something was still not right. And I and I spoke to my psychiatrist, we went up on the meds. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people have a lot of different op opinions about pharmaceutical companies, but I can say there, there's good and bad, but pharmaceuticals saved my life for sure. Um, and, you know, um, as well as the therapy and all the work I did on myself. So it's like, it's always for me, it's always about finding that balance and just tuning in with myself um, to see what's going on. How am I feeling? What do I need? And I, I feel so fortunate that after many, several decades of, you know, really struggling that I feel like I'm in a very, 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 very good place. I feel extremely blessed and fortunate that this is where I am on my journey. I, you know, for many years, I couldn't see that this was even possible. But I have to say, I am absolutely thrilled to be living my best life. And I feel great internally, physically, mentally, emotionally. You know, I'm not saying my life is perfect. You know, there's always things that could be could be better. Nothing's perfect. But I feel like a whole person. I feel good. I feel like there's really nothing no one or anything that can take me away from me and I think that's what the anxiety and depression did it took me away from me 
And I guess maybe I just feel like I'm back to myself and it's, it's an incredible experience. And that's why whenever somebody comes to me and is in such a down place and thinks that they're never going to get better, I don't necessarily share my whole experience with them, but I say, I have hope for you because I know what's possible from my own experience, you know? So I have hope for everybody. There is hope um, because anybody really can, can get better, can improve, can improve their lives, can change their lives. We know that behavior changes our brain structures, that our brains are plastic. They're not there. Long time mm-hmm. ago, they were thought to just be set in stone. Our brains are plastic. We change. We can change chemically, cellularly, you know, and I have to say, I think that's happened to me. Oh, I am very uh, I'm inspired by the fact that you faced so such difficulties, such difficult odds, you know, and and uh you know you were saying that you you started dealing with all this before like like the real rise of the internet so like you felt so isolated so you know i i very much commend your bravery for like venturing out and like being vocal with people and seeking that professional help you know without having uh the the comfort or like the safety net or the safety blanket of you know having the support of like a wide array of of people so i, I think you uh, you know, would be, you know, counted amongst the the beginning wave of like modern people who have started to like really vocalize what's been going on and changing the conversation, you know, and then mm-hmm. the fact that you took that experience of what you went through and how it changed you and wanted to give back to other people, not only by just becoming a therapist yourself, but by getting so involved in the community by like, you know, interacting with all these different media, starting, you know, an organization being part of the this is my brave uh foundation as well like if you haven't heard it today you you very much deserve a commendation <laughs> thank you thank you so much you're welcome uh, so karen you have k- mentioned several times throughout the conversation that you have personal experiences uh with different forms of anxiety throughout your life prior to uh going to see uh, a therapist is that the reason why you have decided to choose uh, a focus on anxiety and anxiety-related disorders? Question. Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, as we were talking about a little bit ago, I think that, you know, one of the things that I want would want people to take away from our, our conversation today is that a lot of therapists specialize in conditions that they themselves have experienced or a loved one has experienced and they feel an affinity to it or they have a personal experience with it. And, you know, I never really considered specializing in anything else because that was what I had experienced uh, that in depression and um, some other things. And, and, there is a real, um, you know, the, you talked earlier about the connection and, and just like people who go to 12 step programs, right. They feel, mm-hmm. they automatically feel connected when they walk in that room with everybody, or, or there is a connection already there because everybody is there for the same reason, right. They have something similar in their backgrounds. And I think the same can be true of therapy. And, and again, I like working with people that have experienced things similar to what I have, because I can also really relate to them. 
as well as they relating to me, you know, so I think it, it actually works both ways. Um, and again, because I've recovered from these, um, I'm in maintenance mode, but I feel like I've recovered from these conditions. Um, <clears throat> then I, I feel that, you know, kind of love and compassion and hope for, for my clients that are, that are suffering in similar ways. And so it's a very rewarding experience for me. And it sounds like there's like just genuine empathy and compassion for those people, not only because, you know, you're a good person, but because you can relate to literally what it is that they're, they're going through. Exactly. You know, and, 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 you know, one thing that, that, that I wanted to say too, is I think that, you know, people like yourself, you know, it's so great that you're opening up the dialogue and talking and interviewing people about their experiences and your own experience with, with mental health conditions, um, you know, because the landscape is really changing. And I'm so impressed by younger people, yourself. And, you know, from time to time, I work with people that are, you know, like 14, 15, 16, 17. And it, I'm always just so blown away by the by our younger generations and the access they have to information, the support they have to get help for what they're dealing with. And just their own openness a lot of times about what they're going through. I really see that there is there is a shift away from suffering in silence, although still a lot of people do. But there is this movement towards being more open and accepting that we all have. We're all dealing with something. One in five people uh, deals with a mental health condition in their lifetime. That is a, lot, a lot of, of people. people. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. <laughs> uh, I was about to ask you a question, and it totally just left my head right now. Um, oh, that never happens to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that last five minutes. Okay, yeah, good. <laughs> oh man, uh, it just—I I really do think that, like, you know, the more that we just talk about these things, you know, it gets rid of the stigma because like we don't have to worry about feeling embarrassed about struggling with something. You know, we're human beings. Every single one of us has emotions, you know, and sometimes they're super high up here and sometimes they're like super low down here. And like because of that, you know, we go through different things. We experience different uh, different things sometimes. You know, we go through traumas and we have pro trouble processing that, but it's it's OK. That's no fault of our own. And it's nothing that anybody should ever be ashamed of. You know, I think the more we have these open conversations, the more it highlights that fact. And it says, hey, you know, it's OK. You, you need to talk. You need to vent. I'm here to listen. If you want to just, you know, if you're talking to a buddy or a family member, you know, most of the time, like people aren't going to judge you for feeling it a specific way it's just like oh what's going on maybe i can help if not all right well maybe we need to go see a medical professional and you know kudos to you for being part of the solution you know because i think uh, you know these kinds of these kinds of opportunities podcasts you know conversations and especially in in the last for sure year and a little bit longer than that you know the celebrities that have come out Simone Biles Michael mm -hmm. Phelps um, you know all these people that are actually saying okay I'm super successful and I'm dealing with a mental health condition it you know the landscape is really starting to change when people feel that 
on that level that they can be open. And those people really have a platform to continue to really broaden the, the conversation. So, you know, things are definitely changing you now. So thanks to you for your part in that as well. Oh, well, thank you very much. And thank you for, you know, you being one of those, the pioneers of the, the conversation changers. <laughs> when you uh, first went to go see a therapist, what was one of the, the most important things for you in finding someone that you felt was a perfect fit or a good fit? Yeah, I, I mean, it took a while because I would, didn't have good insurance for a while. So, um, you know, I, I was limited, but I would say that, um, you know, I, and I also didn't want anything to be wrong with me. So I resisted staying in therapy for a while as well. So it wasn't just them. And and I didn't have any bad experiences, but, but again, you know, the therapist that really helped me start turning things around that I consider my, my therapist, um, she was non-judgmental and she just got me in a way where I didn't have to explain everything you know and she she was smart she knew what she was doing she'd been trained she knew how to help me she she, and my psychiatrist too I remember one time I was just feeling so down and he was just like I have hope for you and I didn't feel it at the time but I knew he did and I knew that these people were were I trusted them I trusted them and they were kind and compassionate and knowledgeable and helpful to me. And I guess it was trust. It was that sense that I could trust them, that I could put my life in their hands, so to speak, even though I'm responsible for my life, but they were actually going to help me and they cared about helping me. They cared about me getting better. That's a really important, uh, just a really important thing for any relationship is like having that that level of trust and i think it's really important that you're you're highlighting that because again you know with a therapist like you said you want your 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 patients to open up to you with everything because you can't help them if they don't feel comfortable opening up to you so having that level of trust where it's like all right i can tell this person literally anything is is really really important yeah and I think it's something that, you know, a lot of us don't experience necessarily outside of therapy. I think maybe if we're lucky, we have one or two friends maybe that we can share at that level with. But it's a pretty unique experience, you know, to have somebody who's just listening to you and just focusing on you and just, you know, for, for some period of time. And and I do think that, especially for I'll speak for myself that I didn't have that, you know, growing up um, that I learned that, Oh, I could trust somebody and that somebody actually really did care about me and want to help me. You know, it wasn't about them. It was about me. And like you said, you know, it's, it's how these things then how these experiences then generalized out into our lives where, I could trust more people. I could open up to more people, not just my therapist, you know, and that's huge. That's quite the, a gift. Yeah, because you realize in, in those situations where it's like, oh, this person, even though it's like a professional and like medical like setting, you, you can tell if someone genuinely cares 
or if they're just like going through the motions, like you just pick up on it because yeah. it's just like little <laughs> things like, you know, it's really difficult to to fake that kind of, you know, compassion <laughs> towards somebody. So like getting that in that setting in a safe setting in a controlled setting, you realize, oh, there is if this person can do it like there's, you know, numerically speaking, the potential for me to like find other people out in the world with how many billion people like are out there like oh i can probably find other people that i can have this level of trust with you know i just have to like play the numbers game basically and just like you know don't just give it to everybody but just kind of like don't be afraid to build new relationships make new friends talk to people and i think you are like a, a great example again with the fact that you said like your anxiety led you to literally be afraid of like being around anyone and here you are, you know, in Los Angeles, the city of like schmoozing. And like, I've, I personally have seen you in like large groups of people. And like, sometimes you're like the life of the conversation. Oh, thanks. <laughs> well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, is there any advice specifically that you would want to give to people who might be on the fence, uh, you know, about going to therapy or like what, things that they should look for or things that they should keep in mind? First of all, do it. Don't be afraid. Do it. Um, if you're thinking about it or you think you might benefit from it, do it. Go find somebody. Get get started in the process. Um, you know, and through through the things that we've talked about here today, you know, look for somebody who's who's a really good fit for you. Um, there's a lot of organizations out there. Um, you know, again, for example, one of the one of my specialties is obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD. So there's an international foundation for OCD and they have a list of therapists in geographical areas, right? Oh, so I'm, I'm listed in Los Angeles, for instance. And so people can find me. So there's a lot of these different kinds of groups that have lists of um, uh, people who can help you who specialize in whatever you're dealing with. So, you know, psychology today has listings like all these different places, you know, so I would say it's important to do research and find somebody who specializes in what you're dealing with. If you're just looking for general sort of talk therapy, or you don't, you know, you don't necessarily have a, a diagnosable condition, then maybe you have more, more, like it doesn't matter as much who you go to. Um, <clears throat> but I would say definitely for the best results, try to find somebody who specializes in what you're dealing with because they're going to have the experience and the training and the knowledge and possibly the personal experience to really be able to help you with what you're dealing with. Or Anxiety Disorders Association of America, ADAA, same thing. They have a list of professionals, you know, so... That's, I would just say, just and just don't give up. Ask, ask friends, ask family members, ask, you know, your employer, ask, um, research, find options. Don't just pick the first person you see and go with that person and think that's it. If this doesn't work, I'm, it's, it's never going to work for me. You know, you have to. Unfortunately, sometimes when you're not feeling well, it, it does require some work on your part, but. I, I think you and I can both attest to the fact that it's worth it. Oh, 100%. <laughs> um, I do want to point out that uh, with me, I first got into therapy through BetterHelp, and BetterHelp oh. made it 
super easy for me to find somebody. Uh, basically, they have like a so anyone that's listening, uh, if you go to BetterHelp and you want to sign up, one it's it's relatively affordable and like they do have uh, financial aid packages. Like if you are you know struggling with money, you know you can talk to them and apply for it. Um, but basically, they they have like kind of questions they ask you about like oh how are you feeling what are your what are your thoughts on this what are the things that you're experiencing daily and that i think uh helped uh them put together a list of potential people that would you know be what they felt would be a good fit so i i think that's one of the reasons why i ended up lucking out with that my first therapist because you know they asked me all the proper questions that they needed to figure out what it is that I'm actually dealing with when I didn't really have a good idea. I realized, Oh, I'm dealing with anxiety, but I don't know anything else other than that. So, uh, you know, there's also like some other stuff with like trauma and like, you know, growing up stuff and home life. But, um, yeah, yeah I think that that's also like a, an option for people who might be, uh, on the fence and not really know, like have a direction of where to go. Uh, I also want to point out that, uh, my health insurance has uh, a way for you to search uh, specifically yes. doctors. So I was like, oh, I just moved here and I have this new insurance. Let me use this this feature. And it came up with a whole bunch of different uh, therapists. And I was able to see, oh, what their focus was because they, they have it listed on like, so this one focuses on depression. This one focuses on anxiety. This one focuses on uh, couples counseling. And this one focuses on kids. So and that's also, I think, another uh, another good tool if audiences have health insurance you can probably just go onto their website and be like oh i need a therapist and then go from there it's true technology has really evolved to be able to help um and you're right uh, there's a lot of screening types of mm -hmm. uh, uh tools online that can help direct a person to somebody who is potentially a better fit so it's not just like wandering out in the forest, you know, a needle in a haystack sort of thing. It's not a crapshoot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can, you, you're right. You can definitely limit your options and really get some focused, um, realistic, you know, suggestions as to who to go see. For sure, it is a lot easier these yeah. days. And I think having that that kind of option where you're able to see, oh, this is what, you know, this is the focus that I need. I can go down this list. You know, you, you don't have to worry about all... You, you have like a limited, uh, you know, amount of things that you, you need to worry about now. Cause you're like, oh, these are all the people that focus on the thing that I, you know, I need help yes. with. Let me just find the one that I click with. True. That's very true. Very good point. Very good point. Well, Karen, thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. I very much appreciate it. And I really think that, you know, audiences that are watching this video or listening to this, you know, uh, you know, through streaming, you know, might definitely find a lot of really good information in here, especially with you sharing so much of what you personally have gone through and like your motivation to becoming a therapist. I think you've demystified, you know, therapy for a lot of, a lot of listeners. Great. It's been my pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Always enjoy talking to you. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. You're making me blush under my beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I truly believe that the more that we as a society feel comfortable opening up about our struggles, the more it will help others to realize that they are not alone. Everyone has the inner strength to face whatever life puts along their path. So thank you again, Karen, for taking the time to chat. And thank you to everyone that has tuned into this episode. If anyone watching finds that they are struggling with their mental health, please 
do not be afraid to reach out to your friends, family, or a mental health professional. I'll place a link in the description of this video that will have some information and connection to further resources. And until next time, remember, you always have the strength to conquer your battlefield. Thank <laughs> you.